Deuteronomy chapter 8 and beginning with verse 18. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. Now, your translation might say wealth, to be wealthy. In our westernized, uh, deranged mentality, we tend to equate wealth with money. But I, that's why I like the New Living Translation. It says he gives us power to be successful. And, and so it's beyond just money. It's beyond that. God is giving us the power to succeed. But there's a reason why we must succeed. And here it is. Here's the reason why you must succeed. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. In other words, we must succeed because he promised it. Hallelujah. He said we would and we shall. His word is truth and he will not lie. And I want us to look at Isaiah. I want us to go to this passage one more time. Isaiah 22 and 22. When Victor asked me to preach uh, today, I didn't even recognize or see the symbolism in it. Do you know what today is? Today is January the 22nd. Now, some of you hadn't caught that yet. This is Isaiah chapter 22 and verse 22. Hear the word of the Lord, and I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David, speaking of Jesus. And what he, that is Jesus, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Oh, I'm going to ask everyone in the building to lift your hands up and I want you to make a declaration aloud with me say along with me barriers be broken in Jesus name opportunities open in Jesus name hindrance get out of my way in Jesus name Oh, put your hands together. Declare it in the house today. Barriers will be broken. Barriers will be broken. We will succeed. We will succeed. We will succeed. I want you to take the hand of the person standing next to you. And together, let's agree in this house. I'm telling you, the Lord is going to do a great and mighty thing in our midst. It's a supernatural work. I want you to pray for that person whose hand you hold. And I want you to ask the Lord to speak to them today and to speak to you. And Father, right now, we declare open heavens. Open heavens in this house. That your word is powerful. It is life-giving. It changes us. It, it, it takes us from glory to glory. We pray, God, for one another today that our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open. That, Father, every person in the room today will receive a breakthrough. Everyone in the room today will receive a breakthrough. We declare it over one another. Breakthrough. 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 Come on, declare it over that person whose hands you hold. Break through today. You will receive your breakthrough today in the mighty name 
of Jesus for the glory of your name, oh God. And we thank you, and we thank you for the glory of your name. For the Before you are seated, fist pound three people and say, we will succeed. <laughs> in the passage that I read to you there in the book of Deuteronomy, God is actually speaking to Moses, but he's referring to covenant. Covenant. Now, God, we know, first established covenant with a man by the name of Abraham. If we were to look at Romans chapter 4, we would find a scripture that says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised him, he would surely do. Now, I find that interesting because Abraham wasn't always fully persuaded. Matter of fact, he had some questions early on. And yet Romans tells us he was fully persuaded. We know he had questions. We know that when God first spoke to him and he said, your descendants are going to be like the stars in the sky. And God begins to promise him land, a promised land and heirs. Abraham said, God, that sounds really great. That sounds really awesome. But how in the world is that going to happen? I mean, I'm old and I don't have a descendant. This don't add up. I'm trying to do the math and it just don't add up God the math uh, that just don't equal what you're saying to me God so he wasn't always fully persuaded what was it that caused Abraham to go from a place of questioning to a place of being fully persuaded it happened after God struck a blood covenant with him now we uh, we're in a time and in a day amongst a generation that no longer understands the blood covenant we are seeing it played out before us there's a generation of millennials you know I remember when I was young we heard a lot of teaching a lot of preaching on covenant but you don't hear it spoken about so much anymore and so we have a generation of millennials who don't understand covenant that's why they don't know who they are that's why they're looking for identity because they don't understand who they are they think identity the world is telling them how to find it they think their identity has something to do with their gender their identity has something to do with their race their identity has something to do with their genealogy and that's why we have all these people going to ancestry.com because I'm trying to figure out who I am and where I came from. But hun honey, when you understand covenant, it changes everything. You see yourself different. Somebody praise God. We used to sing a song at Life Church that says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. That's who I am. Do you know who you are? Tell somebody you're a child of God.
that's who we are. This isn't necessarily a message on covenant today, but see, when you understand covenant, you stop begging God for favor, and you start walking in favor. You stop begging God for peace, and you start walking in peace. You stop begging God for power, and you start walking in power. When you understand covenant, you stop looking at God through the eyes of religion, and you start seeing God through the eyes of relationship. When you understand covenant, somebody, oh, I feel this for the sake of some people in the room who might not understand covenant. Give me just a minute to explain a few things. A covenant was a binding agreement between two people. Two people would come together and form a covenant. When God spoke to Abraham, he said to Abraham, take five animals and cut them in half. Now, five animals except for the birds, cut them in half. And God came down and he walked between the dead carcasses in the form of a figure eight. He passed between the dead carcasses and he committed, he sealed himself. He sealed an oath with Abraham. You see, when a covenant was formed between two people, there were a number of things that were exchanged. There was an exchange of coats. And in exchanging their coats, they were saying, everything you are is everything I am. I now represent you. They would exchange those coats in saying that we belong to one another. There was an exchange of weapons. And when they exchanged weapons, they were saying, your battles are now my battles. There was an exchange of vows where they would pronounce blessing on one another as long as we keep the terms of this covenant. Blessings. They would pronounce curses on one another if we do not keep the terms of this covenant. There was an exchange of possessions saying, if I have it, baby, it's yours. Everything I have, it's now yours. There was an exchange of names, meaning I could go to the marketplace and say, hey, I'm picking this up for Victor. There was an exchange of names. I could go in that name. There was an exchange of blood. They would cut their wrist and intermingle the blood. And in so they were signifying, we are one. We are one. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. We are one. And then there was charcoal or maybe uh, uh, ashes from a fire where they would rub it into the, to the place where they had cut themselves so that when it healed, it would form a mark. And that mark would serve as a reminder to them that they had formed a covenant with someone. And then they would sit down and they would enjoy a meal together. And enjoying that meal, they would say, we are sealing the deal. The deal is 
sealed with this meal and it sealed their covenant. Now you can understand why Abraham got excited. Now you know why Abraham moved from a place of questioning to a place of being fully persuaded. Why? Because when God, the creator, the initiator, the great I am, the first, the last, the alpha, the omega, the one who stands between the living and the dead, when that God came down and sealed an oath with him, he knew, I can't lose. I can't lose. I will do it. I will succeed. Do we understand that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we enter into a covenant with God the Father through Jesus Christ? And there has been an exchange of coats. Oh, praise you, God. You see me today? I have a coat of righteousness I'm wearing today. You may not can see it, but all of hell recognizes it. You know, it's the same way it was. It was the way it was when Joseph got his coat of many colors, his father's favorite. He was his daddy's favorite. And so he got a coat of many colors and his brothers hated him because of that coat. Can I tell you that you are daddy's favorite? You are his favored one and you are wearing a robe of righteousness that all of hell hates. All of hell hates the favor on your life. But you can't help but be favored because of who you are in covenant with. Somebody help me today. There's been exchange of weapons, an exchange of weapons. God says to you, I will contend with those that contend with you. I am fighting for you. I got your back. I'm going before you. Your fight is my fight. Your battle is my battle. Honey, we can't lose. Oh. There's been exchange of vows, of vows. This word, this Bible is God's vow. It is his word. It is his commitment. It is his promise to us. I can take what he says, and I can stand on it knowing as long as I walk according to the terms of the covenant. You hear me? You hear me today? That means if I put God first in my money, he says, I will open the windows of heaven and put pour you out a blessing. You won't even be able to contain it. When I put God first in my family, he said, you and your house shall be saved. When I put when I put God first in my body and I say this is the temple of the Holy Ghost, therefore sickness and disease has no right to tabernacle in here. Healing, 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 healing. Mm -hmm. There's been an exchange of possessions. He is the God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Summerton Church. You hear me today. There is nothing too difficult for the Lord. He owns it all. He has it all. And he says to us, you need it. You need it. Okay, baby, here you go. I own it. You have it. You can have it. It belongs to me. I'm loaning it to you. Oh, I thank God that he meets every need. Somebody help me thank him. 
We bear his name. We bear his name. Whatsoever things you ask in his name, he shall do it. When I call on his name, he shows up. When I ask in his name, girls, he shows up. How many of you are thankful for the name of Jesus? Let's praise him. There's been exchange of blood by a new, Hebrew says, by a new and a living way. I have access now into the most holy place. That blood, the blood of Jesus Christ makes us one. It makes us one. Our unity is under attack in this nation. Anybody watching the news? And unity is under attack. And we're witnessing how the enemy is getting in the camp trying to stir up strife on every hand, even within the church. But you hear me today. Listen, unity does not mean we all start thinking the same thoughts. I, let me just preach there a minute. Unity does not mean I'm going to think exactly the way you think. Victor and I have been married for over 30 years, and we still don't think anything alike. And there's one really good reason. He's a man, and I'm a woman. Should I say more? It, it's a mystery to me. We've been married over 30 years. It's a mystery to me how God takes a man, and he takes a woman, and God says the two shall be made one. Hallelujah. Only God can do it. Listen, government can legislate this. There's not a person that can make it happen. Only the blood of Jesus can make us one. Oh, somebody help me thank God for unity. Grab somebody and say, we are one. We are one. We're in this together. And then there is the mark. Do we understand that Jesus bears the marks of the covenant he made with God the Father? He bears those marks in his hands and in his feet and in his side. And he has, he, listen, he's going to keep those mark, marks all throughout eternity so that all throughout eternity, when we look at Christ, we will be reminded of the covenant that it is because of him that I'm here. It's because of him I made it. It's because of him I succeeded at the mission he called me to. Are you thankful for Jesus Christ? Let's praise him. And then there is the meal, communion. Every time Jesus said, you take communion, you remember this. Do you understand? I know Perry Stone says it's the meal that heals. I call it the meal that seals. It's the meal that seals my redemption. It reminds me I've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for your salvation? Nothing can snatch me out of the hands of the Lord. Praise his name. Now you can understand somebody's got to get fully persuaded. You've got to get fully persuaded. You haven't gotten fully persuaded yet. That's why you're questioning when God says you're going to succeed. That's why you're questioning when God says you're going to take territory. That's why you're questioning when God says you're going to take your community. You're going to take your family. I'm going to bless your business because you haven't fully 
been persuaded. But Holy Ghost is persuading us here today at Summerton Church of God that what he said he would do, he will surely do in this house. We will succeed. And when you understand covenant, you talk it. You decree it. You speak it. Your whole language changes when you understand covenant. That means I might get up in the morning and I may not feel like royalty, but I am royalty. I may get up tomorrow and I may not feel rich, but I am rich. Whew. It don't matter what my circumstances tell me. I may get up tomorrow and I might feel lonely, but I am never alone. It doesn't matter how I feel. When you understand covenant, you talk it. Your language changes. Do you understand that God has sent angels on assignment to make sure that we succeed? You're going to catch this today. It's going to change everything when you catch this today. God has sent angels on assignment to guarantee us that we are going to do what he's called us to do. And we will succeed at our mission. Angels are servants of God sent to assist us in carrying out the plan of God. They are here to help us to ensure that we will succeed. You know, there are people that don't believe in angels. And then there are people of the other extreme, and they worship angels. But angels should not be worshipped. Angels are servants of God, messengers of God, sent to assist us in our mission. It was Elijah, the scripture says, that when Jezebel came against his mission, when Jezebel went after him and was threatening to take his life and was threatening to kill him Elijah found himself under a juniper tree and he was discouraged but the scripture says that God sent an angel and the angel came and he said get up boy and he gave him cake to eat oh I'd love it if an angel sent me some cake to eat today but the angel said eat cake Drink some water, for the journey is too great for you. In other words, you've got more mission in you. There's more for you to do. There are bigger things ahead of you. You can't die here. You can't stop here. You can't quit here. God is sending you assistance to make sure you get where you're going. It was Daniel. After 21 days of prayer and fasting, he had asked and asked and asked, and he was in the midst of his fast. And God sent an angel to him. And the angel said from day one, from the very first moment you spoke it, the moment you said it, I was dispatched. But I've been doing battle in the heavenlies. I've been fighting demonic forces. But I made my way through. And here you go. Here's what you've been fasting for. Here's what you've been praying for. Come on, somebody. I need some help today. Even Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, at a moment in his mission, when even he was saying, God, if it's possible, just let this cup pass for me. I don't know, God. I don't know about this, God. Even Jesus said, if there's another way, if it's at all possible, he was at a breaking point. His sweat had become like drops of blood. He didn't know. Oh, God, even
wondering, oh, God, is there another way? But God sent an angel, and even Jesus was ministered to by an angel, and he had what he needed to finish. He had what he needed to finish. Come on, somebody. Even Peter in a prison. He was in a prison for preaching the gospel, and the church prayed. Things happen when the church prays. Things change when the church prays. The church prayed, and God sent an angel, and the angel struck him in the side and said, get up, and he stood up, and the chains fell off of his hands, and he showed up at the church prayer meeting. I'm telling you, angels are dispensed in this hour. They have been sent by God in this hour to assist us in this final moment, and we will. We won! We won! We won! Come on, somebody. I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't lose. I can't lose. You can't lose. We can't lose. Tanya, I want you to come on. I want you to come on, Tanya. I'm not even nearly done. Oh, but I feel the pushing of Holy Ghost. I feel the pushing of Holy Ghost. My God, I was preaching in Florida. And there there was probably 800 women at this conference. And I remember I was so physically exhausted. I was exhausted from head to toe. I didn't have the energy to get in the pulpit, much less pray for people. And I remember I gave the altar invitation, and they tell me over 300 people filled the altars. All I remember is I looked and I said, oh, God, these people want prayer. I don't have it in me today, God. I'm being real with you. I said, God, I don't have it in me today. What do you want to do, God? What do you want to do? And by faith, I stood, and I I walked off the, the platform. And I stood at the floor. And as soon as my foot touched the floor, I saw the largest angelic being. He looked like a man. He was huge. I saw him come and he stood next to me just like this. And I saw him in the spirit. And God, the Holy Ghost, began to speak to me. He said, you're finished. Now watch me. I can't even explain to you what happened. But all I know is I lost all concept of this realm. When I came to myself, I was laid out on the floor with 300 other women. We were all slain under the power of the Holy Ghost. I never touched a person. God touched all of us with one fell swoop. And people were healed and delivered and saved and set free for the glory of Christ. We can't lose. We can't. You can't quit now. You can't quit now. You can't give up now. I I read the story of a missionary uh, uh, preaching in the New Hybrids Islands. He was one of the first missionaries there among hostile natives, cannibals, cannibals in the 1800s. And he goes to preach the gospel. He was sent. It was his mission. 
and he arrived he his wife and his little baby and they were in the missionary headquarters when the natives came and circled the headquarters with torches in their hands he said they were gonna burn us out and kill me my wife and my little baby he said my wife and I got on our knees and we started praying and I said God if you're finished, if this is all you sent me to do, your will be done. But if there's more mission left, fight for us today. Fight for us today. He said, we prayed all night long until the sun came up. He said, when the sun came up, I noticed nobody was left. Everyone was gone. He said, I had no idea. Why did people leave? Why did they leave? It was a year later, and the chief of that tribe came to Jesus Christ. He was born again. And John looked at him and said, what was it that happened a year ago? He said, remember that one year ago when you came and all the men in the village came and was going to kill us? Why did y'all leave? He said, the chief looked at him and said, what do you mean? Why did you leave? He said, yeah, why did you leave? He said, well, who were all those men with you? He said, what men? It was just me and my wife and our little baby. What? He said, oh, no, no, no. There were hundreds of men, and they had shining garments, and they had swords drawn in their hands, and they were circling your house, and we were so afraid that we left. Who were those men? He said, I knew God had dispensed angels on our behalf because our mission had to succeed. You hear me? today, Summerton, our mission will succeed. Deuteronomy 8.17 says that if we're not careful, we have a tendency to say it was my strength and the power of my hands that brought about my success. But verse 18 says it is God who gives us the power to succeed in order to confirm the covenant he made with us. So we want to pray with you right now that you as a child of God would receive his favor and his blessing. Father, we thank you for those who are watching today, and we just pray that you would be true and faithful to your covenant. Bless them, prosper them, and favor them today in Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thanks for watching. We look forward to seeing you soon here at Summerton Church of God.